Welcome back to Bible Braced. This is Bible Study Lesson 33 of our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. This is Katie. It's good to be back with you guys. If you were following along week by week, then you know that we took a little hiatus from our Bible study lesson portion last week. I apologize for that gap, but just with being ill and <laughs> not having as much of a voice. Thankfully, my I didn't lose my voice, but I had a really sore throat. And so communication was not really enjoyable <laughs> last week, but very thankful that we got to at least have our main episode recorded. And if you are not following along week by week, you probably won't notice this little gap at all because the episode should pick up right where we left off. So hopefully you had a still a sweet time of fellowship with the Lord this past week and we're able to get into the word. And I pray that through the, even the change in pace, there was a good opportunity for you to really enjoy that time with the Lord with freshness and maybe take some time to quietly consider things you've been learning. And I hope it was a blessing for you. So it has been for me, you know, sometimes we get into good ruts, good schedules, and it's nice to have that broken up a little bit so that we're able to uh, more intentionally seek the Lord and participate in that relationship with him. And it's not becoming rote. And so I'm thankful for that. So we are going to get right back into our study. Last week, we left off in Luke. And just to kind of remind ourselves of what's happened, we have been going verse by verse through the gospel of John, but sometimes John will tell us more about something and sometimes the other gospels tell us more. And so if we want a true chronological timeline of the ministry of Jesus, which I think is important for understanding the gospel of John more thoroughly, understanding when something takes place the events that immediately preceded it, right? Or the things that had happened up to this point and just being able to really have a better understanding of the culture, the time period, the kind of relationship Jesus had with his followers, how he had started to already be opposed by people, religious leaders, but also just individuals. And so I think that's been really helpful for me. My study Bible, my MacArthur study Bible actually has a really helpful section called Harmony of the Gospels. And it's actually at before the book of Matthew. So it's in that section between the Old and New Testaments. And he goes through the beginning of the Jesus's ministry into the Galilean ministry of Jesus, into like all the different phases of ministry of Jesus. And each section that happened is put in what scholars believe is the correct chronological order. Because as you know, sometimes we're focusing more on one thing than another gospel writer is. And so sometimes things are slightly out of order. And it's not because it's not accurate. I mean, this is not a chronological journal. This is someone who was there or someone who interviewed people who were there. They're being led by the Holy Spirit to talk about the specific theme that the Lord wants them to talk about regarding his ministry, which is why each gospel gives us kind of a unique look. And they share stories of Jesus in some places, and then some will tell something others won't. Sometimes the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, will talk about something that the gospel of John doesn't. 
And sometimes John will talk about something that the synoptic gospels don't. And so we've been kind of learning this as we've been going along and jumping around. But of course, if you are just now joining us, go ahead and listen to the intro to Bible study episode. It's linked in our show notes. And then listen to uh, the Bible study lessons one up through 32. And then you'll be up to date with what we're covering today. So What we covered last week, just as a brief recap, we had been in the book of Luke because the last thing we read in John was Jesus returning to Galilee, and then we had him heal the official's son, and that was in John 4, 46 through 54. Then we went to a Luke passage where Jesus traveled into Nazareth and was rejected in Nazareth. And that's when he stood up in the synagogue and he read from the book of Isaiah. He left off the last half of that verse or so and sat down and everyone's looking at him, wondering why he stopped there. And he says, this day, these things are fulfilled. You know, this is really, really powerful what he says there. And then a couple sentences later, everyone is so angry with him that they get up and push him out of the building, push him out of town to the edge of a cliff because they want to actually throw him over the cliff and kill him. And Jesus is able to just walk out of that situation. Obviously, he was in complete control and his time had not yet come. But it shows you just the people he was dealing with in his own hometown even. And just really the the perspective people had that it, he was almost a performing monkey or something, you know, like come and show us miracles Yet they still did not really believe he was who he said he was. He was God and he was the Messiah. So it's really touching and tragic, honestly. So that just happened in Luke 4, 16 through 30. And then our chronological Harmony of the Gospels chart would say that the next thing we believe that happened chronologically was him moving to Capernaum. So this is going to be in Matthew 4, 13 through 17. So let's go there. But before we go there, let's go ahead and go to our map of Jesus ministry, Palestine in the time of Jesus, just to kind of remind ourselves of some of these movements. If you have a map, follow along. If not, maybe you can kind of picture this. So Jesus calling the first disciples and that happening probably somewhere around Jerusalem, maybe further north in the Samaritan area off the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Jesus had been baptized by John and gone out in the wilderness for 40 days, was tempted of the devil. And then when he came back at some point, we believe the apostle John and then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, were following John the Baptist and had Jesus pointed out to them. And then they were going after Jesus after that point. Andrew goes and gets his brother, Peter. And then we also had Philip and Nathaniel joined the group. So at this point, could be that James was also part of this group, James, the brother of John. But it's not, at least from what I can remember of us studying this so far, and from my notes, and from looking it up online, I'm not seeing that he's for sure mentioned. I think this is kind of just, if the other disciple with Andrew was John, which it's assumed it was, when John the Baptist points Jesus out, Andrew goes and gets his brother, Peter. I think it can be assumed that John went and got James, but do we know that for sure? Not really. But it could be, if that was the case, that that initial group of disciples then went with Jesus to Cana and was there for the wedding where the waters turned into wine. And then after that, with Jesus's family, they went to Capernaum. 
And then in Capernaum, they left their Jesus' family and they traveled to Jerusalem for Passover. Jesus cleansed the temple. Many other signs and wonders are done in Jerusalem. Jesus does not entrust himself to man. And then he meets with Nicodemus. And then after that, he goes into the uh, north, into the region of Samaria and the Jordan River. Below, it looks like where John the Baptist was baptizing. And they're there and his disciples are baptizing. And John the Baptist's disciples are concerned about that. John the Baptist tells them the appropriate place of the ministry, of his ministry versus Jesus' ministry. And he says, makes it very clear that Jesus is supposed to become more important and John the Baptist is, is supposed to become less important. Sometime around this, John the Baptist is arrested by Herod for speaking out about his marriage to Herodias and that incest. And then around this time also, Jesus knows that the religious leaders are hearing about Jesus' ministry, uh, baptizing more than that of John. And so he decides to go into Galilee, which is the region Herod rules, and he just arrested John the Baptist. So again, it's very interesting how Jesus knows who to really be careful of. <laughs> but also, at the end of the day, they can't do anything he doesn't want them to do, which we just talked about last week, where these people are going to push him off a cliff and Jesus just walks away from them. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> pretty amazing. So Jesus goes back into Galilee. But on his way there, he had to go through Samaria. And that's where we get that beautiful story, um, that testimony about the woman at the well, and then her testimony to the townspeople, and then many of them believing on Jesus, and Jesus and his disciples staying there for a couple days. And then it says, because he knew he had no honor, a prophet has no honor in his own country. Jesus left Samaria and went into Galilee. And that's just such an interesting statement, again, because it seems to be the opposite of what we would expect, you know, but he is going because he loves these people and the children of Israel, the chosen people, you know, that's, that's significant. And those promises are there. So Jesus goes into Galilee and he is back at Cana. From what I remember, let me just go there really quick and make sure I want to say he's back at Cana. Yep. So he's in Galilee. The Galileans are initially welcoming him. It says, so he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water into wine. And this is when that Capernaum official comes because his son is dying and he wants Jesus to heal his son. And we talked about the distance that would have been and that um, this man was traveling to meet Jesus. So then at that point, the son is healed. And this is where we left John, the Gospel of John, and we went to Luke because that seems to be the next thing chronologically that occurs. And so we were in Luke 4 last week, and that was when Jesus got up in the synagogue and was talking with everybody, and he's ultimately rejected at Nazareth. And verse 30 of Luke 4 is where it says, but passing through their midst, he went away. So all this backstory, just to kind of help us remember what's occurred so far. And Jesus has been busy. I mean, I don't know how how long this has been, how many months into his ministry, but uh, he's traveled a lot. He's impacted a lot of people. He's taught a lot. He's done a lot of signs and wonders. He's had at least our first um, knowledge of this occurring. He's had his first attempt on his life. And that's significant. I mean, really, it's the second attempt on his life because Herod killed all those children when he was young, trying to 
kill him at that time. And I'm sure that Satan was behind that little endeavor. So it's the first ministerial attack on his life. So that's interesting. So now, according to our chronological study, now that he's been rejected at Nazareth, our next phase is going to move to Capernaum. And so he's heading towards the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum is on the Sea of Galilee. So he's kind of leaving behind this more mountainous region where Nazareth and Cana are, and he's heading down to the Sea of Galilee where Capernaum is. So let's go to Matthew 4 quickly, verses 13 through 17. We'll probably get into this a little bit before we need to wrap it up and start our next episode coming back to this passage. So Matthew 4, 13 through 17. Sticky fingers today. Okay. So, okay. So this says, and leaving Nazareth. So remember he was rejected there. He went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. And this again shows us just the emphasis of the different gospel writers, because Matthew in verse 12, he had now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. This is the part where he was down baptizing near the Jordan not him, but his disciples. And Then we were told by John that Jesus, knowing that the Pharisees knew he was baptizing more than John, that's why he left. But then Matthew was giving a little bit different perspective on that, that Jesus also heard that John had been arrested. And that was one of the reasons he withdrew. So it's interesting to see that. Again, it's not a contradiction because he's not saying that both aren't true. He's giving a little bit different perspective on it from someone who Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. He, as far as we know, was not here at this period of time. And so it could be that he's putting things together chronologically from that timeline. Maybe he's interviewed other apostles that were there during that. Maybe Jesus talked to him about it later, about different things that occurred. We don't know, but this isn't a contradiction. It's the beauty of talking to more than one witness of an event because more details come out, right? (laughs) That's why police don't just interview one person. (laughs) They interview as many as they can. And so this is really interesting to see that. So if we were going just by Matthew's account, he would have skipped over the woman at the well and the healing of the official son and the rejection at Nazareth. Like he goes right into and leaving Nazareth. (laughs) So he doesn't say those things didn't happen. He just, he skipped over a lot of stuff, right? He went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali. For those of you who maybe go to a lot of Christmas programs or have heard Uh, verses regarding the prophecy of Jesus' birth, Zebulon and Naphtali might stand out to you a little bit and you're trying to remember why. There was a prophecy regarding the birth of Jesus and regarding this region. And Matthew actually shares that here. He says, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. And then he quotes that passage, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. What a beautiful passage that speaks to Jesus coming with purpose and being the light. And again, even though this isn't John, Matthew is playing with that idea of lightness and darkness, and Jesus is the light, and he's come to shine in a dark place. So very, very cool. And then it says in verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think this transition in his ministry is really significant because he told the Nazarenes in the synagogue that this day, these things are fulfilled in your sight. These days, these things are fulfilled. Like I am the one who's fulfilling these things. And Jesus 
has told the Samaritans he's the Messiah, at least a Samaritan woman. And he's been very open with um, Nicodemus and saying that, like, God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that he needed to be lifted up just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So Jesus is telling people why he's here. (laughs) He's being a lot more open about it than we typically think at this time in his ministry. And it seems like a change has occurred for him coming into the region of Galilee where he's like, hey, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It could be, too, that John the Baptist's arrest was a signal of the end of that pre-ministry, and now it's Jesus, and he's the focal point. Something to think about. So we're going to get back into this in Lesson 34.